Welcome to Tactical Edge, a brand new podcast from 4th Air Force Headquarters. I'm Siobhan Cleveland with 4th Air Force Public Affairs. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Tactical Edge. I'm Siobhan Cleveland, 4th Air Force Public Affairs. Today we'll be discussing senior leader development with 4th Air Force Vice Commander Colonel Mark Ritchie and 4th Air Force Command Chief, Chief Master Sergeant Cynthia Villa. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Siobhan. It's great to be here. Good day to you. Good to be here, Siobhan. Thanks for having us. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, how was your holiday weekend? Uh, thanks a bunch for asking. It was great. I uh, went to a small town parade um, where they had a kids parade, bikes, a lot of local um, in, uh, participation, and it was truly a fantastic day. And then that night we had fireworks and miniature golf. So thanks for asking. It was a great time. Well, I'm not, I don't mean to brag or anything, Colonel Ritchie, but I did have the opportunity to go to Napa for about three days, and then shortly after that, went to Disneyland, and to follow on that, we went to Hawaii for six days, and, uh, you know, fireworks over Pearl Harbor, that was pretty awesome. Again, sir, I'm not trying to rub it in or anything. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I can understand the excitement of where you're at, so we'll, we'll set you up with a small-town parade another 4th of July. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so today's topic, senior leader development, um, and we'll be discussing both enlisted and officer um, officer side of, of this. Sir, why this topic? Uh, thanks for asking, Siobhan. That's a great question. You know, um, my personal example was that I didn't get any, any guidance on how to engage in senior leader development till after I had made 06 which is pretty surprising, right? And, um, and it's not an editorial of what was going on at the time. Everybody gets busy and everybody's uh, trying to fight the fires that are closest to them. But uh, just over a year ago, uh, basically a year and a half ago, uh, General Mitch Richardson and myself had the opportunity to work on the MAF development team board with General Berger, our MAGCOM deputy commander. And we all identified that there was a need to improve our efforts in the senior leader development field. So uh, we've, we've gotten together in terms of the math side and, and, uh, and worked together to try to come up uh, to improve our efforts in that realm, and it's been very successful. How about you, Chief? You know, sir, I had a slightly different uh, experience. I was uh, lucky enough that I had, um, I had one senior NCO of the year years back at the wing level than at the NAF level. And because of, uh, because of that nomination, I was uh, privy to, to uh, the courses, if you will, the continuous professional military education and the opportunities that are out there within our Air Force for enlisted. And, uh, but I will say that had I not been uh, competing during that time, I'm not sure if I would have been in the know of what these opportunities were. So that's where it started for me. Then I pursued the uh, first sergeant uh, special duty, and then I became even more aware of the opportunities that are out there for us. Yes, and, and Siobhan, I would say, um, beyond my personal experience, what we are seeing is that as I'm doing unit visits in Fort Air Force and having these opportunities to engage our high potential officers and what's available in the senior leader development realm, we're finding that a lot of people were not exactly aware of what was going on. So 
we're learning that there's a need for information and most importantly, the big picture of why we're doing senior leader development is to make sure that our citizen airmen have the opportunity to have the best possible leadership available. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for the intro into what senior leader development is. Um, what are the four pillars, if you'd like to discuss that? Chief, would you like me to take this one? Please do, sir. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, the officer side of senior leader development, um, we have a four pillars model, which helps people understand uh, the breadth that is valued at the senior leader development level. Now, let's be very clear, Siobhan. The goal of senior leader development is truly to help people be equipped to handle um, executing at the strategic level as a senior leader. So personally, and many others I've spoken with, we do feel like leadership is forged at the unit level as a section commander, as a flight commander, as an aircraft commander, as a squadron commander. But the objective of senior leader development on the officer side is to try to get people a breadth of experience that would help them sit at the strategic table with our active duty counterparts and execute you know, in terms of strategic matters. So specifically the four pillars that we're looking for on the officer side that we feel will help people understand you know, getting a, a good breadth of experience to bring to the table are broken down into one, joint, two, 06 command, three, above the wing, and four, NCR, which stands for National Capital Region. Now, Siobhan, I do want to step back and, and briefly speak to um, the senior leader development journey. I want to make sure that people understand that the 90% solution for the Air Force Reserve and the officer side is people executing the UTCs, the unit tasking codes, in their mission at their units. So we're not prescribing to everybody to go out and try to pursue these four pillars, but that people understand that there's going to be a small percentage of people that if they would like to pursue that path, that those four pillars are the way to go. I'll pause there so I can hand it over to Chief so she can discuss the pillars on the enlisted side, but, um, and I'll get more into that later. Sir, great points. And although uh, on the enlisted side, we don't necessarily refer to them as pillars, we do have various tiers, right? We have that pyramid of tiers when it comes to uh, special duties. Uh, let me take that back. Key billets, uh, for example, command chief opportunities and other senior enlisted leadership um, key billet opportunities that are within our, our Air Force Reserve Command Enterprise, or some of them in a joint environment, like like you mentioned. And quite frankly, some of these uh, these key billets or positions sometimes are directly in support of uh, our active duty teammates or total force uh, opportunity there. So what we look for within our, our enlisted um, pyramid, if you will, is, um, you know, again, that leadership as a senior NCO, as a senior leader, that that leadership at the squadron level, then at the group level, at the wing level, and above, depending on what opportunities you're going to pursue. So if you're going to compete for, for example, uh, opportunities at the command or command chief opportunities, functional, uh, you name it, that's what we want to see that breadth and depth, no different than what you, what you just shared, sir. Um, and quite frankly is what we ask of our senior NCOs we want to, we're going to assume, and I, and I say that carefully, that 
there's no question that you're good at your job. You know, we're, we're pretty certain that you're knocking it out of the park as a senior NCO within your organization. So now let's discuss that leadership, right? That, that mentorship and development of airmen. And what does that look like? And most importantly, what does that look like outside of your immediate organization? What impact are you having outside of your squadron, outside of the group, and even outside of the wing, if, if it applies? So all-inclusive, breadth and depth when it comes to uh, pursuing other opportunities, key billets within our Air Force. Great, and uh, you know, that's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because some people might be listening to this podcast wondering, well, hey, I'm either an officer or enlisted, and why would I wanna know about the other path? And the, and the bottom line to that is, is if you're a Chief Master Sergeant on the path, then you definitely wanna understand the Senior Leader Development Path for those around you and then I would say also, if you're a senior leader or, or working towards becoming a senior leader, it's very important for you to understand your chief master sergeants and their needs when it comes to career progression. So um, thank you, Siobhan. Okay. And um, you discussed what the four pillars were. Why do we use the four pillars? You know, I, I, I spoke to that, Siobhan, and, and thank you. The, the key to that, and I, I want to reemphasize, is the importance of, of the four pillars, again, is is we're not trying to create a culture of people who are box checking and, and trying to get it. As a matter of fact, if your goal someday is to be a general officer, it's not required that you have all the four pillars. It's just a guideline to help us kind of determine the breadth of experience that you've had or what you might need. And when you really think about it, um, why are we putting forth this four pillars model? Because the, really when you think about it, our job in the reserve very often is to be a backstop or assist for our active duty counterparts, right? And with that in mind, you know, we all need to be prepared to step in and do the job on a full-time basis as citizen airmen. And really, you know, if you think about it from an aircrew perspective, as an example, and there's plenty of other examples, but if a reserve crew is flying into a combat zone, the enemy is certainly not gonna go, hey, everybody, put your weapons down, don't shoot, that's a reserve crew. We have to be at the same level as everybody else. And that also applies in the staff world and in the strategic leadership realm. We have to be equipped, enabled, and prepared to step in and do the job on a moment's notice. And so, you know, when it comes to four pillars, when we talk about professional military education and things like that, we want to make sure that we're an educated force that is ready and able to step in and do the job on a moment's notice. Would you like to add to that, Chief? Yes, sir. I would love to. You mentioned something that um, I often get into conversations about. You, you mentioned box checking, and, and it makes me cringe because, uh, you know, box checking, paper tigers, I'll often get the you know, in, in certain venues, enlisted calls, uh, they'll come out, hey, somebody will raise their hand, hey, hey, chief, do you want me to be the, the best medic or the best uh, wrench turner there is, or do you want me to be a box checker? I said, I want you to be the best medic or the best wrench turner there is, and I also want you to be in the know and continuously developing yourself. We don't need box checkers, we don't need paper tigers, because, uh, if you've checked every box and you you know and you're a paper tiger, you might have the personality of a doorknob and could not lead people if your life depended on it. So we <laughs> want a well-rounded whole airman concept teammate. Those are the teammates that we want leading leading our ranks. 
And, and then the question will also come up, and maybe you can help me out with, with this, sir, is, well, you know, if I want to pursue and if I want to grow within my Air Force career and possibly be a, a functional, possibly be a command chief, you name it, key billet, why should I have a degree? And I, and I get into some good conversations about that, but I'd like to hear your perspective on that, sir. Yeah, well, when it comes to education levels, it's interesting because on the officer side as well, we have our educational um, delineator when it comes to the senior leader role in, in regards to a master's degree. And people ask me the same thing. Why do I need to be a, why do I need a master's degree to be you know, a great senior leader? And I would say to that that having a degree in your case or a master's degree in my case or whatever it might be, that doesn't necessarily make you a better leader, mm -hmm. but very often what it is is an example of what you have been able to commit to, accomplish, and show, particularly in regards to our active duty counterparts, that we are an educated, well-rounded force that's, that's able to step in and assume the role, whether it's through high levels of education, high levels of experience, or, or high levels of just um, having opportunities to have had already led. And, and, it, and it does go back, Chief, to what I said earlier about what I feel is the 90% solution is citizen airmen in the unit fulfilling UTCs. And what we're talking about here is senior leader development. And so if you want to be at the unit and you want to execute a UTC and defend our nation, I thank you for your service. And I'm really excited about what you're doing personally on, on behalf of my family. Um, but then when it comes to senior leader development, that's a little bit different of a ball game. And it takes um, a, a demonstrated record of achievement, accomplishment, and uh, capacity and to, to execute at the strategic level. Yes, sir. And, and, and uh, I believe you would agree. As senior leaders, we set the tone and we set the example within our formations. So we have to ask ourselves, what example, what tone are we going to set within our within our own within our own formations? And uh, you know, being in the know of the opportunities that are out there for continuous development is key. Yes, you're great at your job and you're, and you're proficient and you're the best of the best, but you're also in the know and pursuing this continuous development. Because I don't know about you, sir, I'm still reading books on how to become a better leader. Absolutely. It's never ending. At, all the time, Chief. It's, it's a never ending pursuit of, of growth and learning and, and just trying to become the best citizen airman you can possibly be. Yes, sir. And when we have the privilege and the honor to serve in these positions, we owe it to our teammates. Absolutely. And that's, that's a great point that you bring up because I understand uh, we've all been at, at, in various statuses and we've all participated in various levels throughout our career. And uh, the beautiful thing about the citizen airman construct is that we're able to on-ramp, off-ramp, participate more, participate less, depending on the demands of your life. And we definitely value the three legs of the citizen airman concept, the, the personal life, the civilian career, and the military career. And, and it is a balance at all times. And what we wanna make sure though, you know, when it comes to really digging deep and trying to become the best senior leader you can through educational opportunities, through experience opportunities and otherwise, is that you really, really take care or 
manage to the best of your ability your family life and your personal life. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna come to a point when your military career is done and you wanna make sure that those who have taken care of you along your journey are still around. So it's, we understand that. And I, I, I know, when, when I went through PME, through my courses, I understand not everything I learned was absolutely 100% germane to what was going on, but I also understood that we wanna make sure that our force, the citizen airmen, again, is a highly educated and capable force with the intellectual capability to stand there with our active duty counterparts and execute at the strategic level. Okay, excellent. Um, I think that about wraps up the conversation for today. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add? So you brought up a point, uh, a good point uh, earlier, and, and this is something that I always refer to, that seamless transition, right? Our, our uniforms, our, our name teams, you know, they say U.S. Air Force. It doesn't say reservist. It doesn't say guardsmen. It doesn't say active duty. It says United States Air Force. So it should be one team, no seam. And, and we got to bring it strong. That, that credibility piece must be there, uh, you know, exemplifying our core values and uh, just continuously making mission happen and being that reserve citizen airman that Air Force Reserve Command is entrusting us to be. Oh, that's a great point, Chief. I would love to end on that point. So thanks for your time and thanks for joining me here today to share this. Thanks for having me. And thank you both for stopping by. Thank you, sir. I think I believe this is your first time on the show. It is my first yes. time on the show <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited with what we're doing. I, I do believe that having the asynchronous digital delivery capabilities is important because our citizen airmen, they do want information, they do want to hear from their leadership, but they're not always able to do it on a schedule. So I, I like this uh, platform as it can allow people when they're driving to work, mowing the lawn, at the gym, whatever it might be, that we can share these messages. So thank you for doing this, Shabbat. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Chief. Until next time, that's Tactical Edge. <laughs>